0: Something I, I want to share. I don't know how it's going to come out, but I am amazed at how the Lord's orchestrating what He's doing here today. Hearing the incredible things that happened last night in Vespers. I want you to know there are miracles all over this place right now. And let me tell you what I mean by that. Once you look at your hands. God wants to work through you to work miracles. I believe, yes, there are miracles. If you need healing, you need deliverance, there's, that's in this place for you. But I've come to talk to somebody today, God wants to use you because there are miracles and signs and wonders He wants to do in these last days and He wants to do it through you. There's miracles in this place right now. There's healing, deliverance. There's demons going to be cast out. There's there's lives are going to be changed. And he wants to do it through you. So I want you to throw your hands up in the air right now. And I want you to tell the Lord, God, whatever you desire to do it, do it through me, Lord. Do it through me. Use me for your glory. Use me for your glory. Use me for your glory. in store for these last days. We want to be a part of it. In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. You can make your way back to your seat. Just remain standing for a moment. I really feel... In my spirit today, I'm preaching to the student body, but there's really some very specific people that I'm preaching to today. I'm not sure who you are, but there are some very specific people that God's tapping on the shoulder, and he's calling you to something great, because it won't be everybody. He's calling everybody, but not everyone's going to respond, but there's a few and that's who I am reaching for today. This is going to be the second part of our series. This is God's fight. So we're looking in Exodus chapter 3. I'll look at a few chapters here. Exodus chapter 3, beginning at verse 16. I'm going to read down through verse 22. And God has, is speaking to Moses here. And the Lord says to Moses, verse 16, Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, has appeared to me, saying, I have observed you and what has been done to you in Egypt. And I promise that I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites. Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, a land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. And Moses, they will listen to your voice. And you and the elders of Israel should go to the king of Egypt and say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. And now please let us go a three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. And he gives Moses a little insight here. I find it very interesting. God lays out his plan before Moses ever gets to Egypt. Pharaoh's heart being hardened should not have surprised Moses. Verse 19. The Lord tells Moses, But I know the king of Egypt will not let you go. Unless compelled by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand. God's going to stretch out his hand in someone's life. I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all the wonders that I will do in it. After that, he will let you go. And I'll give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And when you go, you shall not go empty. Each woman shall ask for a neighbor, any woman who lives in her house, for silver, gold, jewelry, for clothing, you shall put them on your sons and on your daughters and so shall you plunder the Egyptians. Amen. Why not you turn your face towards heaven for a moment. Let's ask the Lord to meet with us for these next few minutes and speak clearly through his word. Lord, we feel your awesome presence. Your mighty hand is in this place. We cry out to you, Lord. We want you to be seen in our midst. We want you to move and stir and change us today God help us today as we reach for you help me Lord as I preach reach those to whom you're tapping reach those to whom you're stirring reach those to whom you've been speaking to in private God reach them and stir them and challenge them to come out from among and be separate in the name of Jesus let your will be done and have your way in Jesus name Amen. God bless you you could be seated Two weeks ago, we began this series, and just to bring you to your remembrance, remember we looked at verses at the tail end of chapter 2, and the Lord told Moses that the cry of my people from slavery, it's come to God, it's reached the throne. And that God heard their groaning, God remembered his covenant, God saw the people, and God knew it was time to act. And we talked about the truth that the Lord will fight for those who truly want to be free. God will fight for those who truly want to be free. So this is for those of you today who you truly want to be free. As we said two weeks ago, God knows how and what to do to free you and to Deliver you, but we see right after this, God speaks to Moses. Moses is not in Egypt. Moses has been in Midian for a while, and he's been tending sheep. Beginning of chapter three, just be patient with me. I want to walk through some of these scriptures with you, but I have a de- destination we're getting to. Verse one, chapter three. Moses is keeping his flock for Jeth- uh, the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, and is on the west side of the wilderness near the mountain of God. And an angel appears in a flame out of a fire of a a bush, a bush that's burning, but it's not consumed. And Moses said, I'm going to turn aside. I'm going to look and see what's going on. This This is miraculous. And when he saw that he turned aside, when the Lord saw he turned aside, God called to him out of the bush. He said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here am I. And then the Lord said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet. For the place on which you are standing is holy ground. I want somebody to recognize today that the calling of God is a holy calling. It's a holy calling. It's a call to be separate. It's a call to come out and be separate. And God will use those who desire to be made holy. Because unholiness robs us of our authority. When we are living unrighteously and unholy, we do not approach an unholy world with confidence that we have a message for them. Because we ourselves live under condemnation and we ourselves live stripped of that authority that God wants to give us. So I believe at the very outset of this calling by God on Moses, God wanted Moses to understand from the very outset that first of all, he's holy. And wherever God is, is holy. And if you want to come close to me, Moses, you need to let me make you holy and submit to me. If you really want to hear the call of God that I want to place on your life, you need to let me make you holy. Because unrighteousness separates us from the Lord. This is a holy calling. And I'm reaching for some people who are not afraid to take off your shoes. No, not literally. But not afraid to take off your shoes and step onto holy ground that God's calling you to. And when Moses did that, he took his shoes off. He he stepped near the burning bush. The Lord began to pour into him. He said, I'm the God of your father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Moses hid his face. He was afraid to look at God. And the Lord said to Moses, I've seen the affliction of my people. I've heard their cry because of the the wicked taskmasters that have beat them and the sufferings they've been afflicted upon in Egypt. And I've come down to deliver them, Moses. I'm going to bring them up out of the land of Egypt and I'm going to take them to a good land, a broad land, a wide land, a land to roam, a land flowing with milk and honey. Because this cry has come to me, I'm going to deliver them. As we said two weeks ago, the Lord heard the cry of His people. God hears the cry of His people. And God hears the cry of this world that's bound and lost. He hears their cry. I believe He hears the cry of the drug addict who's about to give up on his lives. I believe He hears the cry of sinners. I believe He hears the cry of those that are bound. I sincerely believe God's ear is not deaf towards them. I believe He hears them. And I believe the desire, the thing he wants to do, and he's beginning, and we can see it happening all around our nation and our world. I believe the stirring that's happening is because God has heard the cry of those in slavery. He's heard the cry of those in bondage, and that's why he called Moses. That's why he he set a bush on fire and spoke from that bush and called Moses. And that's why God has sent me here today. I sincerely believe because there are people that he is tapping on the shoulder and speaking to in private. He's got people he's calling because he's heard the cry of the lost. And He said, come, Moses, I will send you to Pharaoh. That you may bring my people out of Egypt. He wants to send you. Will you go? He wants to send you. He wants to do this through you. That's why I had you look at your hands today. Because there are miracles all over this, this room right now. And it's not the miracles you think. God wants to use you. God wants to work through you I, I want to somehow, I pray over these next few minutes that I'm preaching that God will stir somebody to recognize the day and the hour in which we live. There is a cry that's reached the throne of heaven. There is a cry that's gotten the attention of the creator of the universe. And he is looking for someone to send and to speak to the enemy that has them bound. To let my people go. He's looking for a Moses that will take off their shoes and stand on a holy ground before a holy God and consecrate their life and say, I'll go wherever you lead me. I'll speak to whomever you will send me. But you're familiar with the story. Moses and God begin to have this back and forth conversation because even though Moses sees this miracle in front of him, And here's this voice that I don't know that he's ever heard before. He's still not convinced. There's some of you here today, you've heard messages and In services that you've had, people prophesy over you, and you've had people lay their hands on you and pray over you. You've felt the power of the Holy Ghost. You've been woken up in the middle of the night with a burden for souls in your family. You've been called into deep prayer meetings. You've been called to fast. You've been called, and you still aren't convinced that God wants to use you. Verse eleven: Moses said to God, "Who am I?" That I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. You ever ask that question? Who am I? Well, let me tell you, it's not about who you are, it's about who's with you. It's the wrong question to ask. Who am I? Who am I? Nothing special about me other than God's spirit dwells in me. I've been made in his image. That makes me pretty special. But other than that, who am I? But it's not about me. It's about who sent me and who is with me. And when Moses said, who am I, God? Verse 12, God said, I'll be with you. I'm going to go with you. And you're gonna bring the people, this will be a sign that I'm with you, because you're gonna bring the people out, and then you're gonna bring them all right back to this mountain and worship me here. So that brought us to our text go and gather the elders. I promise I will bring them out of the affliction of Egypt. But Moses, hear me. The king of Egypt's not gonna to listen to you, he's not gonna do what you tell him to do not until he's compelled by a mighty hand remember this is God's fight it's not about us It's not about our eloquency. It's not about how good we can preach, how good we can sing, how good we can teach a Bible study. It's not how good we are at anything. not about our talents. It's not about our ability. It's not about our pedigree. It's not about our name. It's not about what church, who our dad is, who our grandpa is. It's not about that. God said, I'm going to do this. This is my fight. I just want somebody that's willing to step on holy ground and let me make them holy and let me use them. Let me use them. This is my fight. They're not going to listen to you. He's not going to listen until he's compelled by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand. You're going to see my hand. Get a little ahead of myself. Look at your hands. When God uses you, and you stretch out that hand, it's his mighty hand. No, you're not little is running around, but you are filled with Jesus' spirit. And when he decides to use you, and when you do what he asks you, it's his hand that ultimately reaches out and compels the enemy to let his people go. Why do I feel to preach this today? Because there is a great deliverance coming to our world. There is a great deliverance coming to our world. And God is calling some Moseses to yield themselves. To be used by the mighty hand of God. Because this is what I want you to know today. Great deliverance is often preceded by great Wonders and signs. Great deliverance is often preceded by great wonders and signs. Moses answered. Chapter four, verse one, but still arguing, but they won't believe me, God. They're not going to listen to my voice. They're not going to believe you appeared to me. So the Lord said to him, what's in your hand? A staff. Throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground. It became a snake. Moses ran from it. Did what all of us would do. The Lord said to Moses, put out your hand. Catch it by the tail. I put his hand out, caught it, and it turned back to a staff. That they may believe, he said. I do this that they may believe. If they don't believe that, we'll do this next sign. If they don't believe that, we'll do this next sign. And on down the line. Because God's mighty hand will compel them. And great deliverance is often preceded by great wonders and signs. The first excuse Moses used and it's an excuse we all use. I don't have what it takes, God. Who am I? What? I, I can't do this. And you've heard people preach this before. This is not new. But he'll use what's in your hand, no matter what it is. What's in your hand? Just a staff, just a piece of wood. It's pretty common. I'm not the only one that's got it. What I have is not very special. What I have doesn't really set me apart from everybody else. It's, it's not a better speaking ability than them. It's not a better singing ability than them. I can always point out, God, I can point out people that are a lot more talented, a lot more gifted, and, and a lot better than me. It's just a staff. Just a piece of wood. I'll use it. I'll take it. We can do something with that. You might not think it's much. You might not think it's a whole lot. But I can do something with that. If you yield what you have to God, he will do the miraculous through it. Quit making excuses that what you have is not enough. Quit making excuses that what you have, everybody else has. And some people have it better. Quit making that excuse. If you just take what you have and yield it to God, God says, I can use use that. I can do something through that. Throw it down and give it to me. I don't have what it takes. I've heard that. You've said that. I've said that. I don't have what it takes. God said it doesn't matter what's in your hand. Just give me something to use. Just give me a piece of wood. I made that piece of wood. Just give it back to me. Yield it to me. I can do the miraculous through it. Just, Just give it to me. All I can do is, God's give me some artistic ability. But what, what's, I, what's that? Just give it to me. I can use that. I, I can deliver people with that. Just give it to me. Throw it down and give it to me. I'll give life to it. In your hand, it's dead. When you throw it down and give it to me, life comes. Life comes. Yield it to me. I don't have what it takes. Just give me what you have. Then Moses said, I'm in the audacity of this guy. Of course, we do it too, so, you know. Just saw this piece of wood turn to a snake. And then he gets back and goes, but Lord, I'm not eloquent. Either my pastor, since you've spoken to your servant, I'm slow of speech and tongue. And we've all heard this excuse. I won't know what to say. You ever said that? I know I should witness to him, but I won't know what to say. I know I should teach a Bible study, but I won't know what to say. I'm afraid if I talk to them and try to share my testimony, I won't know what to say. We use that excuse all the time. I'm not going to know what to say. The Lord said, who's made man's mouth? Did I make your mouth? He said, who makes someone mute? They can't talk. Who makes someone seeing or deaf or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? But Lord, I I won't know what to say. Moses, I made you exactly the way I intended to make you. You are not a mistake, Moses. When I birthed you, Moses, you were born a deliverer. I knew your personality What exactly what it would be. I knew your pedigree. I knew where you would come from. I knew every situation. I knew every mistake. Moses, I saw when you killed that Egyptian. Moses, I've seen it all. I knew exactly where you would be the moment you came and stood before. I knew I see all things. I knew how I made you. I knew how I fashioned you. I know how I formed you. So go and I will be with your mouth. And I will teach you how you shall speak. I don't know what to say, just go and I'll tell you what to say. Can you trust me that if you just take a step of faith, you might not know what to say in the middle of that step. But the moment your foot hits the ground and you're in the situation I've called you to be in, I will tell you exactly what to say. I will give you the words that you need to say. Do not let fear of not knowing what to say keep you from speaking to that individual who God's been tugging at your heart for the last three months to open your mouth. Mouth and tell them about Him. Just open your mouth. God will give you what to say. God will tell you what to say. But hear me. God doesn't just do that for people. You've been preparing. You've heard so much in your classes that you've been here. Even those of you that have only been here for two and a half months. You've heard enough preaching in your lifetime. You've been to enough N.A.Y.C.s and camp meetings. You've you've heard enough, you've heard your pastor preach so much. You know more than you think, you know, first of all. And if you will give what you know to God. God will give you what to speak. So the excuse I don't have what it takes, God said, "Just give me what you have. I don't know what to say. Just go. I'll tell you what to say. And then finally, Moses said, verse 13, Oh, my Lord, please send someone else. You ever said that? Fear was speaking here. Fear of doing it alone. I can't go do this. I can't do this by myself, God. I can't go you know how intimidating that is, Lord? I go and do this. You know how intimidating that is? He forgot just a little bit before God told him said, I'm going to be with you. You don't have to do this by yourself. But the truth is when someone does go with us, we are emboldened It's hard. It's hard when you're the only person that's trying to stand up and do right. It's a little easier when you can link up with somebody else. Let's do this together. Let's encourage one another. It's much easier when a third person joins and a fourth and a fifth. The emboldened faith—it just begins to rise because I realize I know I got God with me, but I also got some other people with me, and, I, and we're more emboldened. And I, that's what I'm calling on this generation, this campus, this this student body right now. There's got somebody to stand up. I know it's I know it's scary to stand up by yourself. I get it. I know it's scary when others want to do their own thing and others want to go and they, they want to do their own thing and kind of push the limits. And, and 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 you're you feel called to to do something more and to do something right and to do something for God. And, and you're tired of being. Distracted by everybody else, you're tired. You're tired of everybody else trying to. I understand it's hard to do it on your own, but God is with you, number one. And I believe if you take a step of faith, God will give you somebody else. When Moses stands up, Aaron's show up. When Moses has agreed to do what God said, Aaron's show up. And then the Lord says, "Take in your hand this staff." with which you shall do these signs. I'm not going to do them for you, Moses. You're going to do them. I'll just do them through you. The Lord said to Moses, verse 21, when you go back to Egypt, see that you do before Pharaoh all the miracles that I put in your power. How? How does that happen? Do you mean that... God sent Moses and told Moses to go in confidence that whenever you need to do a miracle, I'm going to back you up. Whenever there's a sign or a wonder that's needed, you just obey me, Moses, and you do it. And I'll show my mighty hand through it. Great deliverance is often preceded by great wonders and Moses and Aaron went to the people. The people believed him. And Moses did, verse 30, the signs in the sight of the people. And the people believed. He went. There was no, I don't see a big prayer meeting happening. I don't see them praying themselves into a frenzy and get their faith to a level where they could believe that God's going to work a miracle. Moses and Aaron just showed up. He stilled the people Said, hey, guys, God sent me. I want you to see why I know God sent me. And he starts doing all these miracles. Throws his staff down, turns to a serpent, picks it up, puts his hand in his coat, pulls it out, turns to leprosy, puts it back in, it's clean. Remember, this is God's fight. Through Moses, God began working over the Pharaoh and the people of Egypt because great deliverance was coming. Hear me, we're going to get to the New Testament in just a second because I believe greater works than Jesus did, you and I can do. And I don't think you need a big, big old prayer meeting to get yourself all rustled up in a frenzy. I believe you can step out of faith without even feeling goosebumps and God will use you. Look what happened. Moses did that in front of the people, the people of Israel. They believed him. God sent you. Then, over the next little while, water was turned into blood. You know, that happened through Moses. God did that through Moses. Frogs infested the land. God did that through Moses. Lice infested the land. God did that. Through Moses. Flies. God's power working through Moses. Egyptian livestock died. God's power working through Moses. Boils. Moses did it. God working through him. Hell fell and destroyed all kinds of things. Moses did that. God working through him. Locusts infested the land. Moses did that. God working through him. Darkness covered the land. People couldn't even see their hand in front of their face. Moses did that. God working through him. Firstborn died. God showed his mighty hand. God has always chosen to work through human vessels. And God wants to use I wish I could convince somebody today. I really do wish I could convince somebody. God wants to use you. And great deliverance is almost always preceded by great wonders and signs. Look at the greatest deliverance of all. Humanity was freed from sin. Jesus on the cross, the earthquake, the veil was torn. When Jesus resurrected from the grave, there was an earthquake. Dead came to life and started roaming throughout the city. In Acts chapter 2, Holy Ghost was outpoured. It was accompanied by a mighty rushing wind. Men, cloven tongues like a fire sat upon each of them. There was a sign, the evidence of the Holy Ghost through tongues over 3,000 say. Because great deliverance is almost always preceded by great wonders and signs. In Acts 4, the believers stretched forth, for, prayed for boldness. Said, God, would you stretch forth your hand to heal? That signs and wonders may be done in your name. And after they prayed that prayer, the place was shaken. And they preached with boldness because great deliverance is almost always preceded preceded by great wonders and signs. Acts chapter 5 verse 12 tells us many signs and wonders were done regularly among the people by the hands of the apostles. Acts 8 tells us Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them Christ and the crowds paid attention to what was being said by Philip and they heard and saw the signs which he did unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who had them and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed because great deliverance is almost always preceded by great wonders and signs. In Acts 13 Paul and Barnabas went to Cyprus and they encountered this government official who was being controlled by this sorcerer. But Paul prayed and the sorcerer was cursed with blindness and the Roman official was delivered and he believed in Acts 14 when Paul and Silas went to Lystra there was a lame man healed and when Acts 13 when Paul and Silas were in jail there was an earthquake that tore tore open the prison doors and the jailer and his family were saved because great deliverance is often preceded by great wonders and signs. Hear me today. There is a great deliverance coming to this land. There is a great deliverance coming to this world. There is a great deliverance coming to your unsaved family. There's a great deliverance coming to your job. There's a great deliverance coming to this nation and jesus said greater works than these shall you do because i go to my father jesus said go into all the world and preach the gospel and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name they'll cast out devils they'll speak with new tongues pick up serpents drink deadly thing that won't harm them if they lay their hands on the sick they shall recover deliverance. It's almost always preceded by great wonders and signs. What's about to happen in this world? What's about to take place in this world? There is a stirring. There is a moving. People are being awakened. People are being stirred. And it's time that Holy Ghost filled. Apostolics step forward and say we've got the power because God's filled us with his spirit. And he promised that greater works, greater works works to these. Shall we do? He wants to heal through you. He wants to deliver through you. He wants to cast out demons through you. He wants to work miracles through you. He said he's going to stretch out his mighty hand. Musicians come. Somebody lift their hands to heaven right now. This is the last days this is the last days the lord has heard the cry of this world god has heard the cry of those in bondage God has heard the cry of those who have been enslaved in sin, have been overcome by the sin of this world. God has heard their cry. God has heard their cry. He's heard the drug addicts cry. He's heard the backsliders cry. He's heard the down and outs cry. That's why he's reaching for you, Moses. That's why he's been tapping you on the shoulder, Moses. That's why you can't sleep at night, Moses. That's why you can't sleep. That's why you've been stirred. That's why you've been burdened. Step onto holy ground. Take off your shoes, Moses. Let me make you holy. Let me empower you. Let me give you the direction you need. Let me fill your mouth with the words to say. There are wonders, there are signs, there are miracles God wants to do because great deliverance is on the way, great deliverance is on the way, revival is in the land. God wants to set people free and you've got the answer Moses, you've got the answer.